0: Life Audio
1: Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello.
2: Hello. Welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we tackle our most pervasive fears with truth, because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We would love to connect with you online. Just visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. I'm Jennifer Slattery. And I'm Ava Pennington. And we live in a constantly changing chaotic world that either drives us to Christ or increases our self-reliance and our desire for control. When problems hit, our fears tempt us to get busy strategizing every potential solution or game plan. But while that might lessen our stress levels in the moment, that type of living, I call that orphan mentality, it ultimately leads to increased anxiety because we know intrinsically that our wisdom is imperfect and that we cannot prepare for every potential catastrophe, at least not on our own. But there is a way to build a strong, unshakable life, one that is able to withstand the fiercest storms.
0: Oh Jennifer, you you are speaking to my heart because by nature I am task oriented. I'm a doer. I have my to do list each day, and you know it's easy for me to fall into the trap of doing things because that's what a Christian's supposed to do. We're supposed to live out our faith and serve Jesus. And so early in my relationship with Christ, the passage in Matthew seven was a, a challenge for me because my efforts were often based on self reliance. That it was all up to me to find the strength and ability to safely weather the storms of life when those crises hit. In one place, Jesus said that even though people did good works in his name, his answer was, I never knew you. And yet in the next few verses, he said, If we don't obey him, we're building our life on shifting sand and destruction follows. So I struggled with those two statements until I came to understand that the issue is my heart condition from which the behavior flows. And my life is able to stand strong in the midst of the worst storms if I build my life on Christ and then do what he says as he leads and as he equips and as I depend on his wisdom.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of last time we discussed Matthew six. And so today we're looking at Matthew seven and really this is Matthew 5 through 7 is all kind of part of one big conversation that Jesus had up on this mountain when he was teaching his disciples. And so, like I said last time, he began with the Beatitudes, which Tells us how you and I are supposed to live as Christ followers, what it looks to live out God's spirit within us, how we can love God and others well. And then in chapter seven, like Ava said, we're encouraged to evaluate our hearts and and blind spots before we attempt to really do anything, live for Jesus. And then after all of that, Jesus gave us an analogy that I think every carpenter will relate to.
0: Yes, he talked about building.
2: And in Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27,
0: Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash.
2: You know, and he in that passage, so he basically gives us a two-part directive. So first we we hear, and that would have been an oral culture, so that's how they would have received scripture. And some of you do receive scripture orally actually, whether it's through a podcast or through an audio Bible, but but we take in scripture whether that's hearing it or reading it, and then we respond to what we read. So we act, we obey, we apply the truth principles that God gives us in scripture. And sometimes we will resist this, and I think there's numerous reasons, we will think that maybe God's rules are restrictive. We'll think that if we live according to scripture, that it'll hinder our freedom and that life will be boring or unpleasant or overly challenging. When it goes back to who is God, right? Who who is the one telling us this? Jesus is the one saying, apply my words. And he's the one that came to set us free, that died to give us freedom, that promised us peace, and a beyond expectations life.
0: And I need to remember that he sees the big picture. I don't. So
2: when it seems like he is
0: keeping me from something pleasant, that he's trying to kill my joy or that he's hindering my freedom, the way I might define freedom, I I have to remember, I don't always see what's coming around the corner. I don't know the bigger picture. I don't know the consequences, uh, sometimes the consequences that will occur from choices that he's protecting me from. And so it's so much easier to to obey him. When I understand, as you said, who he is, that I can trust his motives and his character and his wisdom.
2: Right. And the more you come to know him, actually, the more you begin to see his guidelines only restrict us from those things that are harmful to us, or harmful to others. So obedience becomes easier when we recognize, just like we talked about in our last episode, He is our good and loving Father, and Jesus is our faithful, attentive, self-sacrificing Savior. Yeah, it does
0: keep coming back to that point of remembering who God is, doesn't it? It seems to be a, a common thread. And it's I think it's worth repeating because if we don't have a right view of who God is, it's going to filter and
2: affect everything else. And I'm reading Experiencing God. It's, it's my second time through. It's just a great, it's by Henry Blackaby. If you haven't read it, I would highly encourage you to do so. But there's this one thing he said, he, he spends a whole chapter on obedience. Actually, the whole book is on obedience, but he says this, he says, God's essential nature is love. God will never act contrary to his nature. You will never experience God expressing his will except in a demonstration of perfect love. And then he later wrote, if you really believe God is love, you will also accept that his will is best because you trust him, you will obey him.
0: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up.
2: It's really just recognizing throughout scripture, God has given us kind of like a roadmap. I would call it wisdom for living and how to handle money, how to handle relationships, how to live with integrity, which in turn tends to kind of protect us from a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of messes we could get ourselves into. And that doesn't mean that we'll never face hardship. But when we live by godly principles, by these wise principles, we can avoid so many pitfalls. And that doesn't mean that we have to
0: find a Bible verse to spout for every single issue. You know, oh, I have a problem. There's got to be a a Bible verse that applies to it. Sometimes there isn't a specific verse, but it's a matter of relying on a biblical worldview, on the principles of scripture that are there. So for example, if I'm buying a car, there isn't a verse that's going to tell me whether to buy a Ford or a Honda, but there are going to be principles that apply to how I spend my money and my priorities. And that flows from the wisdom of God that is throughout his word. And I need that biblical worldview to help me relate to God's wisdom rather than my own. Those biblical principles build on a foundation of assurance, as you said earlier, that God is always good. He's always loved. He's always working out his ultimate best for us. And I can trust that.
2: When I think I want to speak to again, when we feel like, like you said, like we need this perfect answer to that very specific problem. And I think God is just so. Much, he's more gracious than that. And, and I really think he views us from like this big picture mentality where he understands, and I think we need to give ourselves grace for it, that it takes a lifetime to develop a bib, what, what you said, a biblical worldview or what the Bible would call the mind of Christ. And I love Romans 12, 1 and 2, where it says, you know, do not be conformed to the ways of this world. Instead, let God transform you by renewing your mind. And it's just this idea that as we continue to walk with God, God. And as we continue to read Scripture day after day after day, we begin to view the world as Christ does. We begin to think as Christ does. And if we're thinking, our, our thoughts determine our behavior. And if we're we're thinking and and living as Jesus Christ would, we will experience positive results. That's not saying that we're going to have like we're not saying we're going to earn blessings or any of that. But but what I'm saying is when you live in a wise way you experience just the blessings of wise living. And it's a growth process.
0: I mean, this is not something that happens overnight. I wish it did. But it's a process of growth. Peter wrote in Second in, um, Peter 3.18, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How do we do that? We start by growing in relationship with him because grow in grace, right? God gives us that grace. And then we grow in knowledge by studying his word, by growing in our knowledge of his word, of his wisdom. I mean, that's what his word is. It's wisdom for life. And when we do that, we're able to trust him. We're able to trust his wisdom. And then we're able to act on it, not self-reliantly, but relying on his leading.
2: I would, I would love if we could actually just spend the remainder of our time discussing one of my favorite passages when it comes to just building this life that can withstand challenges. And it comes from Psalm 119 verses 97 to, I'm going to read to 104 and it says, Oh, how I love your law. So that was the Old Testament, basically when they call it the law, that's what Jews called the Old Testament. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path.
0: Wow. I mean, is, doesn't that psalm really encapsulate what Peter said, grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ? We, we need to grow in what his word is telling us. And here the psalmist is saying that he values that wisdom that he gets from God's word to be able to, what is verse, I think it was 97, the, the first verse you read, uh, to meditate, to think deeply on God's word, to be intentional about taking the wisdom of scripture and owning it and making it part of who we are.
2: And I think just like we said, the more we do that, there's a, the more we just naturally behave in a God-honoring way. And one of my favorite passages, is, or favorite verses, excuse me, is Psalm 16, verse seven, where I believe it was David. He said, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. And it's kind of like what what you've talked about, not just in this episode, Ava, but in the last one too, just it all does come down to our, our hearts. And if our hearts are right with Jesus Christ, then our lives will show the fruit of that.
0: And Let's face it, we're in a spiritual battle, aren't we? I mean, that's the world we live in. And we need to prioritize that relationship with God because what flows from that relationship is the assurance that God will defend and he will equip and he will protect and he will instruct so that we can move forward, not in our own strength, which is going to fail us, but in his strength.
2: And I love how verse 99 said, I have more... Insight than all my teachers. Well, let me go back to verse thirty-eight when it says, "You are always with me, and you make me wiser than my enemies," which is what you just discussed. And then I have more insight with all my te- than all my teachers. So it's just this idea that we have the indwelling Holy Spirit, and the more we read Scripture, the more it becomes a part of us, like you said. And then we have that with us, and we have greater through Christ and through Scripture. We have greater insight than the most brilliant human self-help guide, motivator, or author, or, or teacher.
0: I am so grateful for that reality. My priority has to be first to go to God and his word. I have to know where to run first.
2: And I think there's something I actually, we really need to be cognizant of because I have seen so many people who have become reliant on what everybody else says about scripture more than what scripture itself says. And I have actually seen people, I've seen them become deceived and, and fall away and get, get kind of caught up in what I would call cult environments or or false, false realities, false worldviews. And it's kind of this slow fade. But in each of the instances that I'm thinking of, it happened because they relied on human wisdom more Than on God, there's nothing wrong with reading Bible studies and devotions. But if we're reliant on what they are saying God's word means more than we are working on what understanding ourselves, what God's word means, then we're we're potentially setting ourselves up for danger. And I'd probably, one more point I would like to say on that is it, even if we think we don't necessarily understand what we're reading, because I know that can be a challenge, there is still just something supernaturally powerful about reading scripture. And we can trust when we come to scripture ourselves and we begin to read it, God is naturally going to do that transformation within us bit by bit. Even if we feel like in the moment, I have no idea what he's saying to me. I Remember once, and I
0: don't remember who said it, but I remember hearing once the advice to not worry about the scripture I don't understand, but to just focus on applying the scripture I do understand.
2: You know, that's a great place for us to end, actually. I would love if you would close us in prayer, Ava.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, Heavenly Father, you are all wise, all loving. And you have not left us alone. You, you gave us the, the privilege of being in relationship with you through Jesus. And then you gave us your Holy Spirit to equip us. And you gave us your word, the wisdom of your word, so that we know how to live. And we know that it's not our wisdom that's going to get us through life, but it's yours. And your wisdom can be trusted because you can be trusted. So thank you for these gifts, Lord. We are so grateful. In Jesus' name.
2: Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, I would encourage you to subscribe and then you won't miss a single episode. Make sure to share it with your friends. We would be highly encouraged if you would write it. That encourages us as a team and then it also helps others to find it. And until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set
1: free. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, Loud.com or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this,